This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast is brought to you by MLB at Bat. Yankees baseball is always live with MLB at Bat. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights, along with up-to-the-moment stats, standings, breaking news, and more. Download MLB at Bat today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. It's your number one app for Yankees baseball. remember as a little boy dreaming about being a Major League Baseball player, specifically a Yankee. Um, and um, like Brian said, it's the right time and the right place to, to take that step. And um, I'm just tremendously excited. And, and, uh, and I, hope there's a lot of, I hope there's a lot of young boys out there, um, you know, that, that chase their dreams uh, just like I did. Welcome, Garrett. Welcome all of you who are listening right now. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. With me right now, we have our editor-in-chief, Alfred Santasiri III. Hello. Hello, Al. And of course, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Hello, everybody. Guys, happy holidays. Same to you. Thank you. John, you must have been uh, really good this year because I think on the last episode, we talked about our Christmas wish list, our holiday wish list. I wanted a quick resolution, I believe, was how I put it. And wouldn't you know it, unbelievable. So it's it's real. Garrett Cole's a Yankee. It's kind of one of these things. You know, there were a lot of jokes made during the press conference about how long Cashman's been pursuing him and how going back all these years. And it, it, it's true. It's It's not just, you know a fun story. I mean, this has really been a guy that the Yankees have had their eyes on for so long that it became kind of silly at some point to talk about. And yet there he is with his number 45 Jersey. And Al, I know you spent a lot of time with him sitting down, chatting one-on-one. I would love to hear some of that in this episode. We're also going to, as promised, do the Yankees magazine mailbag. We're going to open it up, read some questions, give away some tickets. That was supposed to be the entire episode, but you know, Santa worked fast this year. <laughs> And we have a new starting pitcher here. So let's get right into it. There's just there's one topic to talk about right now, and it's just the Yankees have done something that we take for granted in some regard. You know, you see the top free agent in the market, and I think a lot of us are still conditioned to assume all year long, like, well, that guy's going to be a Yankee or fitting in for pinstripes, whatever. But we were saying they held the press conference today in the Legends Club where we have the big press conferences, and we haven't had a big press conference here for a long time. It doesn't really feel real to me yet. I think it just hasn't sunk in. And I, I am certainly intrigued and, and have been completely entrenched in this whole narrative of how Brian Cashman um, drafted him many years ago, you know, with the 28th overall pick, and Garrett Cole didn't sign here, and then he you know, made a valiant effort to trade for him when, when Cole was with the Pirates uh, a couple years ago. Not only did he not, you know, 
was he not able to pull off that trade, but of all places that Garrett Cole could have gone, he went to the team that essentially was stopped us from getting to the World Series last year and, you know, was probably our, our biggest competitor prior, you know, to that even in, t- in 2018. And now he has them and it doesn't really feel real. Like today was, was a surreal day for me as, a, as an employee here. I think it'll sink in maybe tomorrow or, or something like that. But I think, you know, when I th- thought about and we talked about so much in the postseason, after the postseason, you know, what did the Yankees need to do? What's the one thing they needed to do to really elevate their chances to win a championship? And, you know, they're a very complete team, and they were a very complete team before this. But what they didn't have was the type of pitcher who could go out and give you seven, eight, nine innings almost every time he pitches in the postseason. You know, whether it's five starts or, you know, like Garrett Cole made last year for the Houston Astros, you know, he made five starts and four of them were absolutely sensational. Um, You know, that's what this team really needed, in my opinion. They didn't need another bat. They didn't need, you know, another relief pitcher or anything like that. Those things are good and they're they're. There are parts that you, you you improve on, and I know Brian's very outspoken about his job every day is to look at that roster and improve it. And that's something that, you know, Hal Steinbrenner today was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's really important to look at Garrett Cole, not just as, you know, this new pitcher they signed, but obviously, I mean, you look at Aaron Judge, you look at Gary Sanchez, you look at Glaber Torres, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, this team has a core that's in place for a very long time right now, and you need to strike now. Look, I think there's no doubt we've got an excellent core. We had a, we had a, didn't make it all the way last year, didn't get the ultimate job done, but we had a great season. And there's going to be more than come. And yes, we have an incredible team right here, right now. And what happens three years from now, you can never predict. But um, clearly, I, I, I felt that it was, it was time to strike, if you will, to really get that final big piece that can, that can make a difference. Um, with the way things are, have been going the last few years, which is good. I think, we're on a, I think we're on an upward trend. And, you know, we've got some good young guys like Debbie Garcia down below, and I think, that, you know, I think it's going to continue. But I, I definitely, that yes, is the answer to your question. That, that certainly came into play. We have a good team right now. And I have to make decisions as managing a partner for right now and for the future, right? But um, right now is definitely a big part of that. And that's exactly what I, what I meant. You know, if you look at really where they're, only shortcoming was it was in a series against a team like the Houston Astros when the Astros had Cole and of course with Verlander and just not being able to go toe to toe with them you know or against their ace and now they have that guy and that's a really special thing when you add it to the names that you know that that uh, that we just spoke about yeah I think there's going to be a a large ripple effect from this you know it's going to take a lot of the pressure off the rest of the starting rotation. It's going to benefit the bullpen, uh, you know, knowing how deep uh, Garrett Cole can go into games. Um, so I'm excited. I, I know it's, uh, I'm kind of with you. It doesn't even totally seem real yet. And it's, you know, I think even seeing him, whether it's, you know, opening day or the home opener or whatever out there, uh, you know, in a Yankees uniform on the mound, that's going to be another kind of surreal moment that I'm certainly looking forward to. But, um, the press conference was uh, certainly memorable in, in many regards. And I got to say, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought Garrett Cole won the press conference. I mean, I thought he was just fantastic to hear him really expand on his thoughts, you know, from everything, you know, becoming a Yankee, what this team meant to him growing up. And I was really fascinated just to, to hear him talk about his craft. 
and one thing that I kept going back to as I was listening to him talk about this is this is a expert at his craft. This is a very good pitcher, obviously. This is a very successful pitcher, but he's he, he's just like a mechanic in a lot of ways, and, and he just knows exactly how to get his body to do the right things. He spoke a lot about that. He knows you know the right ways to move. He's been lucky, obviously. There's a lot of it to that, but he, he really um, you know spent a lot of time talking about just you know his process, which makes him successful. Success or failure. That's other people's opinions. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to post every time I can, and um, and and know that you know when I walk into the weight room tomorrow morning in California and pick that first weight up, uh, I'm going to pick it up properly. I'm going to move the weight right. I'm going to move it focused, uh, and and it's for for the reason to be as prepared as I can to do exactly what you said. Bring multiple championships. I've done a really good job in putting myself in a really healthy position. Created some. Some, a track record of durability of staying on the field and focusing to improve. Um, and that's not going to change while I'm here. And when you're surrounded by the best talent and you're in the best organization, the expectation is to win. So um, that's what we're going for, and uh, I'm up for the challenge. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to watching. And I think one thing that's interesting is after the, the dais broke up and we had some breakout sessions, the first guy to come – down to us was Matt Blake, the new pitching coach. And one funny thing that he said was, you know, obviously he's very excited. And Brian Cashman called him and said, you know, hey, I just made you a better pitching coach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously the Yankees did their research and, and they did their homework before they hired Matt Blake. This is a guy who, you know, they really believe in the way he's going to be able to draw out of these pitchers, you know, their best and use the analytics and use all these things to get the best out of them. But, it was just so clear to me listening how much of a benefit Garrett Cole is going to be to him because this is a guy who is so easy to communicate, has such an easy time communicating what he's doing and how he's doing. It. And he was talking about whether in Pittsburgh or in Houston, the ways that he, you know, was able to, to do a lot of the stuff with other pitchers too, and the ways that he understood what other pitchers were doing. I think he's going to be incredibly valuable to the team, just, you know, certainly every fifth day, but my God, every of the other four days too. I agree with you. I, I, was absolutely fascinated with him talking about the mechanics of the pitches that he throws and his whole repertoire. You know, the the quick takeaway that I had from it was, you know, I thought about how talented, talented he is. I thought about, you know, how hard he throws consistently in the first inning, you know, through the eighth inning. And then I got this perspective of the type of intellect that he has and the type of baseball and, and specifically pitching acumen that he has. And it made sense why no one can beat him. And I think that one thing that is going to be huge moving forward is, look, I mean, Houston is still a very good baseball team, even without Garrett Cole. And the Red Sox are very good. There, there, there are a lot of good teams that the Yankees, you know, have between them and a World Series championship or, you know, as the team owner Hal pointed out today, multiple plural world championships is just what he's expecting for his $324 million check. We need to win some world championships, and I, I believe we're going to do that. Sooner rather than later, I believe we're going to do that. Plural. But whatever they want to say in the room, and whether you want to believe it or not, there's no question from a fan's perspective, you knew in that Houston series, oh my God, we have Verlander tonight, we have Cole tomorrow, how do we win these other games because we're not beating those two guys? And, and look, I mean, the fact of the matter is they did okay against those guys this year. It wasn't that simple. But 
just the difference of taking that away from Houston and not giving Houston that mental edge right now, but also bringing it in to your own room. So now you have other teams that you're facing in these situations, knowing that whatever the coal is looming and that, you know, how much better does coal looming make Severino and make Paxton and make Tanaka, knowing that he's there and knowing that they have to worry about him. Yeah. The sense I got from, from the press conference today was, uh, you know all the things that we're talking about here. How impressed we were with Garrett Cole. He he really blew away the the Yankees contingent that went out to to meet with him before he you know agreed to the deal. I think uh, you know hearing Aaron Boone talk about him and and Brian Cashman like they you know I'm sure they did their due diligence beforehand and and got all kinds of you know scouting reports on what type of guy he is, but I don't think they were kind of wine he likes. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think even they were prepared, uh, you know, for the, the, the intellect and, and the way that he is able to articulate his craft. I I think they were just as blown away then as we were today. So yeah, it's like I said, it's going to have a, a, a ripple effect. You know, I think it's going to have a, he's going to be a really positive impact on this team and guys are going to be able to pick his brain. I'm sure he's going to pick other guys' brains and uh, it's, it's going to benefit the Yankees. Um, You know, obviously as the manager, when I hear we're going to be in play for arguably the game's best pitcher, that's exciting, right? I I mean, let's be real about it. That, that gets your juices flowing. We understand what a great talent that Garrett Cole is. We understand what a great pitcher he is and clearly in the prime of his career. But I was blown away by the person. And I talk to you guys all the time, I feel like throughout the season, about how important culture is to me, how important our room is to me, how important our clubhouse is to me. And I feel like it's something that is an overwhelming strength for us. And I can tell you, we added a great piece to that. He is going to fit in and add to that room. I have no doubts. And I also really liked just hearing, like, you know, the smaller details of, you know, the little contraption they put together, the home plate with the iPad in it, and, you know, the wine. And we can joke and laugh a little bit about, you know, the way to get, you know, a millennial to pay attention to anything is to give him a toy or whatever, and whatever. But, you could really see the emotion on Cole's face when he was talking about those bottles of wine that like Lou Kakuza, the you know visiting clubhouse manager had you know remembered from a conversation the two of them had been having how special these this wine vineyard was to him and how special these bottles were and he made sure to when they were thinking of you know I don't know I don't know how it comes together I don't know who says like man does Lou know anything that uh this guy like but somehow this message got up there that you know well, you need to bring him or these bottles of wine and you could see that like that did matter and it's you know does it doesn't matter more than the 324 million dollars mm-hmm. over nine years after him who knows but like it clearly made an impact on him I think the impact is you know, is about this, that, you know, he, he was going to sign a, a contract that was going to pay him an unimaginable amount of money, whether it was here or with the angels or any other team. But that being said, you know, I think those things go a long way to say, okay, you know what, over the, the basically, you know, just about the rest of your career, you're going to be surrounded by people that you really like, you know, that are really good people that you're going to enjoy the time because you have the opportunity. You know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to choose where they work. 
you know, whether they're going to like the people that are around them or not. But he obviously had several, you know, enough suitors. And I think they went so far to prove that they're great people to be around. I am very biased in this case because Luca Cusa is one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with and certainly one of my closest friends here. But, you know, I thought what Garrett said about him was so was so true and really embodies that, you know, so many of the, you know, of, of the employees here, but certainly a guy like Luca Cusa, which is that, you know, he's just a comforting guy to, to sit with and talk to. And he's obviously offered, you know, him himself in that respect to so many visiting players. Well, you know, that speaks volumes about the organization and, and they were able to use that to their advantage. And I, I think that's brilliant. And it's not for nothing. Also, you know, it's a real credit to Garrett to, you know, be the type of person who, you know, wants to go and sit down and talk to the clubhouse manager, you know, when he's in there and, and, and to, you know, during his time today to, to mention a bunch of the clubhouse managers around the league by name today, which he pointed out to do guys that he loves. And also when he's on the dais, one of the first things he does is congratulate Marvin Miller and talk about Kurt Flood. And look, I mean, these are things that aren't necessarily, you know, what you expect when you're shaking hands with the one of the 30 team owners in a sense that, you know, there, there was not that long ago that, you know, talking about Marvin Miller in that setting would have not been something that was OK. And I thought it was a real credit to him for right off the bat for for acknowledging I just signed the biggest deal for a pitcher in Major League history and I earned it and I'm confident enough to know that I deserve it. But like there are people who came before me who who made this possible. And I thought that was a really special thing that he did. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he brought the poster along. <laughs> the poster that he held up during the 2001 World Series when he was an 11 year old kid in the stands saying that he's a Yankee fan today, tomorrow, and forever. And uh, he brought that with him and busted it out there. Uh, think about, you know, in terms of my role and what we do here with the magazine, like I, I could do my job for another baseball team and I would love it and I would do well, but it means so much more to do it for this team that I grew up rooting for. And now he's going to get an opportunity to feel that same way, you know, like he's had amazing success on the mound and, you know, nearly won a World Series. He's, he's come really close. And uh, now he's hoping to do it here with the team that uh, you grew up rooting for. It was my dream. Uh, I had a second opportunity to chase it. And um, it's the best organization, uh, in my opinion, in the league. Um, there's a... There's a process here that Brian spoke to and that he just alluded to a couple minutes ago about trying to bring the best people uh, at each individual position to surround everybody with the best opportunity to succeed. Um, I think they've demonstrated that uh, certainly through Brian's uh, tenure over the last two decades. Um, so it instills a lot of confidence as a player when you hear those things uh, and it doesn't hurt to play for your favorite team. So, I mean, it was just, it was an amazing day all around. It was a, a truly, like, memorable event that, you, you know, only the Yankees can really do. And, um, you know, we got to know Garrett Cole a little bit today. He was whisked around. He got pulled in a million directions, and he did it all with a smile on his face, posing for our photographers. Uh, he, you know, he he met with the entire front office and, and took a picture with everybody. And uh, one of the things, you know, on his, on the docket today was a one on one with you, Al. And mm -hmm. I know beforehand you talked about how, you know, you were hoping to extract something that, you know, he, he didn't cover during the during the big press conference or anything. So what did you guys get into when you had your time with him today? 
you know, there was a lot of publicity about the 2001 World Series game that he was at because of that sign. You know, there was a lot more to his kind of childhood uh, as a Yankees fan than just that game. And I think that was kind of the only thing that was really talked about in depth. So I just talked to him about... You know, be, before 2001 World Series and, and him, you know, getting that sign and bringing it to the game and all that, you know, where was that that love for the Yankees kind of born and how did it develop? You know, his dad was a Yankees fan. That's where it was born. And he, he did talk about that a little bit. But, I, you know, I, I asked him to talk about the players who elevated that spirit that he had that obviously is still so strong today. And, you know, he talked about a lot of the – he's – a lot younger than me, but he still talked about a lot of the the players that made me really enthusiastic about the Yankees and really loved the Yankees. The Derek Jeters, um, you know, and the class that he had, the intensity of Paul O'Neill. He admired him so much um, for that. The grace of Bernie Williams. And these were some of the words that he used to describe these guys, which, you know, shows his, his interest was, was pretty intense. Yeah, you know, a lot of times you hear uh, guys who – they say they were a fan of a team growing up, but then they're, you know, you, you press them on it and they're like, well, you know, but I was mostly out playing baseball. I didn't really watch it that much. He was really watching the Yankees. He was paying attention. You know, when, when he went through this whole list and I wasn't asking him about, you know, talk about Bernie Williams or talk about Paul O'Neill or talk about the guys from the generation. He was naming the players and naming what he loved about them. But he, you know, he then kind of trans- transitioned and said, you know, that's the... You know, that's what's so special about the Yankees tradition is in every decade and every era, there were players like that. And that's what he hopes to be. And that has to be, you know, kind of a surreal thing to talk about, you know, and and, and a, a surreal transition to make, you know, in, in, in an interview when you're sitting in Yankee Stadium wearing a Yankees jersey, having had that background of, of, of following them. How, like you said, this is the first of Many, 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 many opportunities we're going to get to speak about Garrett Cole over the next few years. The comp that was made a lot today and over the course of the last few days was CeCe Sabathia, you know, the guy who they went out west to go pull on a big deal like this and came right in and won the World Series. There's also the huge deals that don't work out. And there's obviously no day for a you know player that's you know as uniformly great as the day that he gets to go up on that day is and talk about the big deal he signed right hasn't lost a game yet with the exception of possibly that world series parade you know not every day with garrett cole is going to be perfect not every day is he going to be the storytelling you know glad hander that he was so well today but you know god as introductions go that was just so special i thought and it's a real credit to his family he just seems like a really sharp well put together interesting interested person i really loved one point in the press conference he's talking about you know it's my dream to play baseball and he looks or in on the press conference with when he's with the writers like and you know you got, i bet it was your dream to be writers and you know joked around cool. turned to jason zillow maybe your job to be in pr mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know it, again it, it, it just as, as funny as it was it just shows a guy who's like thinking about the audience he's speaking to i think he's gonna really just be a great guy to cover and i'm looking forward to it I just wanted to add one thing. I, I agree with you, John. I just wanted to add one thing. And, and I thought that, you know, we were talking about how genuine he was. And, you know, um, you see someone, you know, get to, you know, be introduced in a, on a day like this and they have, you know, maybe a speech written for them. Maybe um, they wrote the speech themselves, but it's more kind of reading than it is, you know, talking from the heart. 
Um, you know, when we were in the, the ownership suite, you know, and our photographer was, was, you know, taking photos of him signing his, you know, his contract prior to that, I think he, it, you know, dawned on him that he needed to, you know, kind of prepare for this press conference, which I don't know that he had done. And he actually went up to the bartender and asked him for a, a, a pad of paper, a pad and ripped off a sheet of paper realized he didn't have a pen, went back to the bartender, asked him for a pen, <laughs> grabbed the pen, and just literally on a piece of paper that's, you know, smaller than eight and a half by 11, just a small piece of paper, jotted down a bunch of notes and put it in his pocket. And that's kind of what he used, you know, for all the thoughts that he conveyed in this press conference. And I think what's really interesting about that or special about that if, if, is probably a better way to say it is how genuine it really was. This wasn't a, a you know, preconceived speech or anything like that. It was truly from the heart. There were people that he didn't want to forget. There were things he didn't want to forget, but all the, all the thoughts was, were, were very spontaneous. And I didn't even see him glance at those notes. I I feel like he did this entire day, like just off the top of his head, off the cuff. And he really killed it. I mean, I was super impressed. Like I would have been, you know, even if he came in and just gave kind of like cliches and and didn't say a whole lot of interesting stuff i would still be super pumped about the fact that garrett cole is in pinstripes and getting to sort of see the person a little bit and and hearing the other people involved talk about the person uh made me that much more excited for opening day so we have plenty more to say about garrett cole moving forward including one of the the very first questions in our mailbag which we are going to open up right when we get back here we will take a look at some of these questions give you our answers so stick with us Hi, this is Aaron Boone. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. The Yankees Magazine Podcast is also brought to you by MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv. Your subscription includes MLB at Bat Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball on your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. And we are back. So it is time. We thought we were going to have to stretch this into a full episode. Uh, turns out we got a little bit of breaking news this week, which we were able to you know, mix in there. But as promised, we do have the Yankees Magazine podcast mailbag ready to open, as we said. And you can hold us to this. Anyone whose question we ask on the air is going to get two free tickets to a 2020 game. We will be in touch with you. Please look out for that if you hear yourself. But let's get started here. Our first question, I, I apologize to everyone if I pronounce any of these wrong. It's Todd Emanuele from Rome, New York. Todd wants to know, so how long will it take for Garrett Cole to be the cover boy of Yankees Magazine? Hopefully it happens soon. Well, your wish is going to be granted, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually uh, planning for Garrett Cole to grace the cover of our first issue of Yankees Magazine in 2020. Yeah, part of our time spent with Garrett Cole was uh getting some really cool photos of him. So uh, we might have even gotten our cover shot today. I haven't even seen it yet. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, he was great. I got to say, there were a lot of people who were hoping to get their uh, two free tickets by simply asking, when are the Yankees going to sign Garrett Cole or (laughs) will the Yankees sign Garrett Cole? Um, Not going to read those ones. Not going to read those. There were many. There were many. Mm -hmm. So, Todd, there's your answer very soon. The next question from Chris Lavaway. L-A-V-O-I-E. He's from somewhere. He did not mention where. 
Growing up in the 70s in New York, Thurman Munson, along with some Giants players, was my very favorite athlete. I felt his unfortunate passing left a large hole in the Yankees' psyche and team, contributing mightily to the abyss of the 80s were. I would love to hear your thoughts on how his passing affected that team into the mid-80s. John, you're, yeah. you're the guy, John. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I spent a lot of time this year kind of in the head of certainly Thurman and Diana Munson and his teammates. And, you know, the... Chris, I think I think you hit it on the on the head there because it did. It, it had such a big impact on the psyche. And can you say, you know, it, how many more World Series would they have won, or how different things been? It's not that simple. But you know, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Don Manningly who came up, kind of, you know, very soon after, and he described it to me as just like an open wound in a sense. He he was a lot more than a catcher or a player on that team. He was he was the leader. He was the guy who. You know, everyone looked to you for guidance, and you talk to players from that era. You talk to Willie, Willie Randolph. You know, you, you look back to the stories from Bobby Mercer, um, right in the aftermath, and things like that. And just there's just no question that it, it was such a huge loss for that team, for the fans, for the you know, for all the kids there. And, and, and look, I mean, that's why you know he's not the first and he's not the last player who died tragically. But there's. Thurman Munson jerseys everywhere. There's Thurman Munson, you know, 15 shirts everywhere. And why is that? It's because of how much of a loss it was. It's because of how much he connected in life and connected in death. I don't know. I mean, Al, like, you know, you've spoken to so many more of these players over the years than we have, you know, what did they have to say about that time? Yeah. I mean, I think about a couple of things, you know, I'm close. I have close friendships with, with Bucky Dent and with Goose Gossage and, and both of those guys were very close with him. And, um, you know, Goose is as tough a guy as, as you can imagine. And I've seen him tear up just having dinner talking about Thurman because he loved him so much. And, and they didn't like each other when Goose pitched for, I guess it was the White Sox prior to coming with the Yankees. And I know they, you know, didn't like each other so much that, you know, there were times where Goose threw at him. And one time he, he got him in the, I guess, the arm or the rib cage or something like that with probably a 100 mile an hour fastball. And, you know, Munson could barely walk but wouldn't come out of the game and, you know, went to first base. And after the game was over, sent Goose a note like saying a lot of words that I, I obviously can't repeat, but basically like, hey, buddy, you know, I wasn't coming out of the game. You're not as tough as you think you are. You don't throw as hard as you think you are. And I'm tougher than you. Kind of, uh, I'm, more than paraphrasing, I'm, I'm changing it here, but Goose's, you know, reaction was just like, man, what a cool guy, you know, what a, you know, what a, what a competitor. And the minute they became uh, teammates, they laughed about that, obviously, but they just gravitated towards each other, towards each other. And, you know, somebody like Willie, who I've, I've done a lot with and, and Bucky, their comments are, are very similar. And I, I guess I just look at it almost like, even though they were all pretty much the same age, Thurman was really like this big brother figure to them. And he just really looked out for those guys and really took care of them in a, in a time where there weren't a million people to kind of shepherd them through life. Like there is now and really took care of them. And, that was what life was like. And then the next day he was gone. And that, that, that was very jarring for those guys. And I don't know that I've read many stories in any type of sports publication, probably that I enjoyed more than the one you did this year with, with Diana Munson, John, because it just was uh, such a validation of the human being that he is and the human being that she is. And they're both very, very special. So I, I, 
I couldn't not mention that when talking about Thurman. Well, to get to get even more specific into the actual question that it was asked, I think a good way to look in more modern times, and I touched on this in that story, Al, which thank you for the nice things mm-hmm. you said, is to look at the Marlins, who are still recovering from Jose Fernandez. And, you know, you don't want to make light of it, and you don't want to compare things like this, but if, if Jose Fernandez is alive, is Giancarlo Stanton on the Marlins? Is Christian Yelich on the Marlins? Are all these things different? I, I, you don't recover from this, and, and obviously you don't recover on the field, but just... You just have this part of you ripped apart that you just can't, you know, Don Manley told me he was just lucky that it was September and that they could all get out of town pretty quickly. You know, that wasn't the case for the Yankees. It was August. They, they were stuck together for two months kind of and just feeling broken. And I mean, you mentioned these guys who had these strange relationships with Thurman. I mean, you know, Reggie at his funeral sobbing. You know, who had more of a complicated relationship with Thurman Munson than Reggie Jackson? Right. But just, you know, no one was the same from this. And you know, Ken Singleton, who is obviously a big part of the Yankees family now, but was playing the Orioles in those horrible games right afterward when the Yankees were playing. He's just talking about just this gloom over the stadium that you just felt weird playing and you felt weird. They felt weird winning in a sense and, and just everything about it felt wrong. Uh, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for a team to go through. I mean, for the fan base to go through. I mean, you talk to Yankee fans of a certain age and, you know, any one of them can tell you where they were on August 2nd, 1979. It, you know, it's still very vivid in, in their memories. But I, I I concur with Al. That was a really one of the more special pieces we had in our magazine this year. And, uh, you know, we had a number of covers that I, I was really proud of this year I thought that I thought were really you know special and and the one that we did to mark the 40th anniversary of Thurman's passing uh with him on the cover might be number one Chris thank you for the great question yeah Um, great question mm -hmm. next one we got is from Diego De La Rocha I love this question um is there a certain Yankees team in the past that you guys would have liked to be covering on a daily basis (laughs) for example the 1961 Yankees it would be interesting covering the home run chase between Maris and Mantle or getting quotes from Yogi from the magazine which, God, yes, I imagine that would be interesting. Also in the AL, the schedule expanded to 162 games and most of all covering the World Series. I love this question. Nate, why don't you start us off? Oh, my gosh. This this question came in and it, like, has rattled around in my brain ever since. Like, it is so hard to pick one team because there's so many different ways you can look at it. Like, you know, initially I was like, well, you know, Murderer's Row covering Babe Ruth and the 27 Yankees. But then like, you know, you start thinking about like the (laughs) logistics of that and train travel and no air conditioning. And so you're like, ah, maybe that's not the one I would go with. And then I think about, you know, I, I wrote a piece about the 39 team this year and this team that rallied around their captain who was, you know, withering away in front of their eyes. And, you know, the moment July 4th, when Garrett gives his luckiest man speech and, all that stuff. So uh, it's, it's like impossible. It's, <laughs> it's, and the one that, that Diego suggested the 61 team, I mean, you know, they're, they're making, they made movies and books about that team. So I'm sorry. I, I, I know this is a, this is terrible. You want a specific answer. And I, I just, I don't know. It's so hard. There's so many great teams to choose from. And one of the great things about writing for the Yankees is, you know, you can always, dive into the history and there's just an endless trove of unbelievable teams, players, seasons to go back and look at. So I'll give give a more specific answer. I think maybe 
I would just say any team that Babe Ruth played on. And I had the opportunity here of going after you, so I had a little time to think about it. But if I, you know, go through my whole life, you know, of covering teams and, and working for the Yankees, and if there's one person that I could have interviewed, and, and certainly one athlete that I could have interviewed, it would be Babe Ruth because I still think he's the most influential athlete in the history of sports. And, you know, the more you learn about him, you know, the more interesting he is and the more he's more interesting than any other athlete. And, you know, whether it was the off field antics or the way he was infinitely better than the second best player and home run hitter and the way he revolutionized the game and hit home runs and, I mean, I would like to spend one day with him or a couple days with him. Um, I've written stories about him, you know, decades and decades and decades and decades after he, he died. And, and even that has been a thrill. That's a cool answer. I, I like that. And Nate, I got to go back for one second. You mentioned your 39 story. Yeah, you guys were very generous about my Thurman Munson story. I think that 1939 story is the best one we ran this year. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That was they awesome. were both great. I agree with with both of you guys. So my answer, it's not. I don't want to say it's a cop out, but I am going to change the rules a little bit. I'm going to name two teams, and I'm going to say 95, 96. Um, and the reason is because of how much fun I had covering the 2017 Yankees, and that that's an experience that's going to stay with me forever. Of kind of the youth and the newness and you know this this drive kind of that fans have been waiting for for a long time but 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 there were so many memories for me from that 2017 experience of covering that team that I would love to experience that kind of specific thing again and as we sit here right now look we're we're doing this you know a couple hours after they introduced Garrett Cole and after, you know, Hal Steinbrenner's talking about, you know, not winning one World Series championship, but multiple World Series championships. And it's kind of easy to put kind of these last three years, in a sense, kind of into the bucket, kind of where the team might have been maybe a little bit in 95 in some ways. And I just think that I know for Yankees fans, I can't even imagine how exciting it is right now to have Garrett Cole here. But to think about, you know, next year, assuming health and do you have... Severino and Jordan Montgomery and Giancarlo Stanton and Gary Sanchez and all these guys around all year. Well, the best you can hope for in a sense is to get what the 96 team got. And so I, I think that just covering those two years went a little bit before kind of this generation of Yankees fans learned what it was to become, you know, successful, maybe entitled or any of these things that if you want to use pejorative terms to look at it, you can. But I just think that was a really special um, just moment in time that it's hard to, as much as we think that like, you know, we both lived through it, all three of us lived through it and we experienced it. Like we can't really go back to experience what the Yankees were in 94 compared to what they are now. That's a good answer. 96 did pop into my head too, but then I just thought about how much fun I had as a fan. I didn't want to have to be working. There. <laughs> <laughs> Diego, Diego, uh, if you're, if you're going to keep asking questions like that, we might have a job for you someday. So exactly. that's a great one. Thank you. Next on, this one comes to us from Germany. And by the way, I have to say, this letter from Berlin had comments, it had suggestions, it had, um, it had all kinds of things that we should do differently. Uh, Michael Dolak, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, I love, it was probably the best letter we've gotten. It had legitimate feedback of things he wants us to do. It is incredibly gratifying to get a letter like that, which shows that this is not someone who's looking for two free tickets, but it is someone who listens to this thing religiously. And we should all be so lucky. We should be so lucky for all of our readers to give us the attention that Michael Dolak from Berlin did. But his specific question, which it's going to sound a little bit log rolling and a little bit, you know, self-involved, but I actually think it's a great question is, you know, 
if we could talk more about ourselves and how did we get to work for Yankees magazine? Um, what did we do before? And what does a typical work day look like for us? The reason I think this is such an interesting question to ask right now is because, look, I mean, this is not the easiest time in the world for journalism, sports journalism, what have you, magazine journalism in particular. And I do think it's interesting for people, you know, at whatever level of experience they are right now to hear kind of like, you know, what brought us here and how it was able to work out for us and, you know, what we do. So, Al, you you have the most to talk about since you've been here the longest. Why don't you go first? That is a great question. And um, what I think is, you know, going to be really entertaining is that the great thing about sports is you can take so many paths to get to the same destination. And I think you're, you're going to see that in all three of our answers, that our, our paths uh, were very different from one another. My, you know, dream as a, as a child or young person was to work in sports. I did my first, I was a business administration major. I was not a journalism major in college because I didn't know when I went to college what I wanted to do in sports. I just knew that I wanted to work in professional sports. I did my first internship with the New Jersey Cardinals, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. But at the time, they were the short season single A affiliate for the St. Louis Cardinals. And in that internship, you know, got to, you know, work in two weeks in, in every department of the of the organization or of the team, two weeks on the grounds crew, two weeks in media relations, which encompassed doing the game programs for, for them every night and two weeks in ticket in the ticket office and all this other stuff. And, you know, what I realized quickly in that internship that I wanted to work in the communications field. Um, my next uh, stop along the way was a minor league hockey team where I was a little bit more um, specific about what I wanted to do and worked in, in media relations there. And after uh, going to graduate school at St. Thomas University, getting a degree in sports administration and working as a media relations assistant for the Miami Dolphins, there was an opening here in the, in the publications department, and it, it was an opportunity to obviously join a very storied franchise and one that I also had rooted for my whole life. And I always, you know, had a real interest and I think ability to write and write feature stories. And it was a great fit. Nate, want you uh, jump in? Well, as I've uh, alluded to uh, many times on here, I did grow up a Yankees fan in, uh, in New Jersey. Went to my first game when I was eight years old. You know, I played Little League, collected baseball cards like none other, um, but never, ever imagined that I'd be working in baseball. I've had a chance uh, on occasion to to speak to journalism students. And, you know, I tell them about how, you know, I went to college thinking I was going to follow in my grandfather's footsteps. He was a, a landscape nursery uh, owner and I was going to go work for him going to spend my life working outdoors. And then about midway through my college, my time in college, I switched to journalism. So I, I tell them, you know, even if you don't know exactly what you want to do uh, when you go to school, you know, now's the time to take advantage of all the opportunities that you have and, and try different things out. And I tried out journalism and uh, I loved it. And the other thing I tell them when they ask, you know, do you have any any regrets. And I always say, you know, the one thing I would do different, I wouldn't change anything. But if I had known I was going to work in baseball, I would have taken Spanish in school because that would have really come in handy. Instead, I took about five years of German, which has never come in handy until this moment. So, Michael, danke schön. Fröhliche uh, Weihnachten. It's the first time I've ever been able to use German while working in baseball. 
after a, a couple years uh, getting my feet wet at the school paper at Rutgers, I uh, just dove in. You know, the, the, the way to do journalism is to go out and do it. You know, I always say you got to just practice. You got to hone your craft. It's like anything else. You know, I th- would hate to go back and, and read some of the garbage I wrote probably when I was in my early 20s. But that's how you get better. Um, and so just after college, started at newspapers and eventually landed a job at MLB working alongside John in the mid 2000s and came to the Yankees in 2007. Been here ever since. Well, you came for a specific project, actually, which was pretty awesome. You came specifically to do a decade by decade look at the old Yankee Stadium. I mean, talk about like a dream job for a Yankee fan. You know, they're they're getting set to close Yankee Stadium in 2008 and the publications department wants to bring somebody in to spearhead a project, you know, eight issues of uh, a special magazine, a decade by decade look at the history of Yankee Stadium. So, you know, I come in and my entire days are spent just researching the history of the Yankees and, you know, working with freelance writers who I had grown up reading and, you know, going up to the Hall of Fame to look through their photos and grab photos for this. I mean, it was amazing. It was such a great start to my time here. I specifically remember when we heard that you were leaving and, you know, your first reaction was like, oh, God, no, Nate can't leave. This is terrible. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do? And you told us and we're just like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should go do that. (laughs) Um, We, We benefited greatly from that. So, Nate, you stole my thunder a little bit. Obviously, I also came here from Major League Baseball, from the publications department, and I had left there for a little bit. I was trying to do some freelance stuff out of my own. Didn't like it. Wasn't good at it. You know, I was very fortunate to have a connection to Al, having known him from my time at MLB, but also literally having just the most random person who connected the two of us back together. And, you know, I, I, I do feel a need and I, and I hope that this doesn't come off negatively sitting in front of my boss. I, I need to point out, you know, it's notable that the three of us sitting here are three white men in our you know late 30s or early 40s. And, 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 and you look, I, I would love it if we would also at, at, at some point be able to get some different voices into the room. Uh, and, you know, one thing I'll, I'll say and one of the reasons I really was excited to pull this question is that I would urge anybody if you're listening to this, if you've gotten this far, you know, and if you're interested in this field, it's great. You know, you can always send a podcast at yankees.com emails to ask us questions like this. But also, if you're in the field and you're just looking for, you know, a way to get involved, just, you know, use that to reach out to us and send us your resume. And you never know. And everyone always asks us, do you have anything open? And, you know, usually just the way the world goes, the answer is usually no, we don't have anything open right now. But the minute we do, you know, the best way you can get in here is to be one of those people who has been, uh, you know, emailing us and hounding us a little bit. And so I, I really encourage people, you know, if you're looking to get into this field, sometimes you got to barge your way in a little bit. And so email us, uh, talk to us. Hopefully, you know, if there's any advice we can give you, I hope we can do it. But again, you know, the three of us, we just gave stories, very different stories about how we ended up here at different times. And, you know, everyone in this building has a different story. And one of the great things about professional sports, um, not exclusive to the Yankees, but certainly including the Yankees is, on the one hand, you know, you think of the New York Yankees as 25 guys on a baseball field, but the New York Yankees are an organization that basically has, you know, jobs in every single industry, essentially. You know, if you're in accounting, you can work for the New York Yankees. If you're in sales, you can work for the New York Yankees. If you're in landscaping, you can work for the New York Yankees. I mean, like if you're if you're in, you know, building operations, you can work for the New York Yankees. So it's, it's a, you know, sports is a lot bigger than it sometimes looks on TV. Um, and so whatever it is you do, you know, if it 
there are ways to combine your love for sports with what you do. But let's move on uh, a little bit back onto the field. Sean Chichester, who do you think the Yankees will miss most on the field and in the clubhouse out of the current free agents, assuming they don't return? And obviously, Dellen is still a free agent. He could, but Romine has signed with the Tigers right. and uh, Didi has signed with the Phillies. So, you know, th- those are certainly two guys we can mention. I'll go with Austin Romine. Yeah. He was, um, uh, I mean, I'm, again, kind of biased, one of my favorite players to cover. But I, I think, you know, his his inspirational story that I wrote about, we talked about on this podcast, I think was a real, um, I don't know, for me, gave me a lot of insight on the type of leader he was and the type of inspirational leader he was and the type of... Um, catcher he was was also really important he was he was a big help to Gary Sanchez and he was a big asset to the pitchers and to the other young players and it's business and you know uh, I know the Yankees certainly I'm I'm sure uh, are going to miss him and wish him well and all that stuff but um, you know he, he was he was just absolutely fantastic yeah, the, the Tigers are getting a good one in Austin Romine, and uh, same goes for Philly. I mean, I think it's interesting being in the clubhouse as much as we are and stuff. You get to know these guys a little bit. And, uh, you know, before Didi got here, like, I didn't really know a whole lot about him. And then, you know, you see what he's all about, and uh, he's a great, great addition to any clubhouse. So uh, Philly's, you know, they're lucky to have him. Glad Brett Gardner's coming back. He's, yeah. he's a, a big part of this team. And, uh, boy, if we can uh, – do what we want to do next year and uh, get back to the World Series and win it, it'd be pretty sweet for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cop out here and just say, you know, yes to what both of you said. You know, on the one hand, Didi, it, it, it's hard to say how much the team's going to miss him because on the field, look, the team's going to be fine on the field. You know, Gleyber Torres is going to be very good at shortstop. DJ LeMay, he's going to be very good at second base. Things you're losing are a little bit of the flexibility, which was such a benefit to the Yankees last year, the way everyone was able to move around the diamond. Um, you know, Didi was hurt for part of the year, and it certainly wasn't his best offensive year. But, you know, look, there was <laughs> there were certainly some heroics that he brought there, including a certain postseason Grand Slam, which I think people will remember for a long time. I think it is going to fall on someone else in that clubhouse to play a lot of the roles that he did. Um, Didi uh, was a translator for a lot of the players. He was a bridge for a lot of the different cliques. You know, I, I, I hope that someone picks up what he was able to do so well. And Romine, you know, I, I mentioned this right after uh, he, he signed with Detroit, but I think Austin Romine's a guy who I probably quoted in about 5% of my stories, but I think I spoke to for about 80% of my stories. He's just a guy who could always help me understand what was going on in the room, understand what pitchers were doing. He would be the one to tell me what to look for and kind of what I was not seeing that would help me understand what I was writing about. And, you know, he... he I don't know how much they're necessarily going to miss his on-field production. I think that the Yankees are probably okay at catcher and backup catcher right now, but I think he was an incredibly valuable piece of this team. And I think it's going to be you know difficult to find that relationship that was so important to me to help explain what was going on without him around. So I think we did a nice job here checking out five of these questions. You know, we got a bunch. We got some really, really great ones we didn't have time for. I, I assume, maybe I'm wrong, I assume Yankees fans are happier having a you know, Garrett Cole than having us having more time to talk about questions for the Yankees Magazine podcast. I got to say, not only were the questions great, but mm -hmm. we also got a lot of just like feedback about the magazine and stuff. And uh, just want to let everybody know how much we really appreciate it. You know, it's uh, we always make 
every issue with with you guys in mind, our our readers. Um, you know, we strive to bring you stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else. You know, if you care about the Yankees, then you probably know a lot about the Yankees. So it's it's on us to to bring you stuff you don't know or perspectives you haven't heard and, and photos you're not going to see anywhere else. So uh, we got a lot of, uh, you know, really kind words from people who, who have appreciated our efforts. And uh, you can rest assured that we'll be doing everything we can to, uh, to continue to make you guys happy. Well said. And that's going to do it for us for 2019. Uh, been quite a year here for the Yankees. I've had a great time talking about this team. I've had a great time writing about this team, sharing some of our thoughts and hearing what you guys all thought about the team too. Obviously, you know, as the team demonstrated today, 2020 is looking very exciting right now. There's going to be plenty for us to talk about, plenty for us to write about. I hope you all have a, everyone listening has a wonderful holiday season. And I really look forward to just getting right back into this, you know, come 2020. There's not that long once we, uh, you know, hit our next episode before we start thinking about Tampa and spring training and all these things and thinking about watching Garrett Cole pitch in Tampa and then watching Garrett Cole pitch in the Bronx. So thank you so much for all your time you spend listening to us, all this time you spend reading us, buying our stuff. If you're still in the mood to buy some more stuff, please head to (laughs) yankees.com slash publications. We actually do have incredible um, holiday offers on sale right now. The, you know you, you can subscribe to Yankees Magazine for the low price of $35 and get two free tickets. You're not going to get a better deal than that anywhere to get Yankees tickets. I hope you'll take us up on it. If you can hear in the background the rush of people heading to the Yankees <laughs> team store right now. Having heard this, they all want to buy their magazines. They're getting a police escort. That's great. But uh, seriously, yankees.com slash publications. So much to get there. Email us at podcast at yankees.com. Wherever you find your podcast, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Please rate and review us. Let us know how great we're doing. We love those five-star reviews, but also let us know if there's things you want us to do differently. Follow us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine. And mostly, just have a safe, happy, and wonderful holiday, and we'll speak to you soon. Hi, this is Tommy Canely. For more stories like the ones you've been hearing about, subscribe to Yankees Magazine by visiting yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS. The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today by visiting yankees.com backslash ballpark app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? Bell. 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 